Welcome to Pod Michigan, the Michigan-centric sports talk podcast with what I'm calling a logical fan's perspective. And we're not going to waste any time today. We're going to jump right into it because we have two pretty major things to talk about. One being the Lions game this past Sunday against the Rams and sort of a big intrastate rivalry going on in college football this coming Saturday. And there's lots to talk about. And some of you on social media have shared your predictions, so I will share them along with mine a little later on when we talk about the Michigan-Michigan State game. But we're going to start things off with the Lions and the Rams game. And before we actually get into this whole conversation, I do have one thing that I want to say that kind of, it, it, it really, it's been bugging me almost the whole season now, but more specifically this past, say, 10 days or so, leading up to the Rams-Lions game and during the game and then, of course, afterwards. But So before we get into the game, I just want to say this to everybody, all the people out there that are still crying that Stafford was traded by the Lions, calling the Lions SOL for trading him and all of that. And let me throw a caveat out there before I make my statement. I have, on this podcast, as a matter of fact, stated publicly that I do think Matthew Stafford was the greatest quarterback in Lions franchise history. And I understand to an extent why people are angry that he is gone. But what I don't understand is why you're throwing so much shade, so much hate at the Lions for trading him. When in fact it was Matthew Stafford who asked to be traded away from the Lions. So I'm pretty positive that if he wouldn't have asked that when the new regime took over, he would be a Detroit Lion right now. So to to blame the Lions completely for all of this is absolutely ludicrous, and I don't understand why people... Well, actually, I do understand why, because they're Lions fans, and we're going to kind of blend two fan bases, which are probably a lot of the same people, but we're going to blend them together in just a little while. So, sorry, not sorry for that when it comes up, but you know what? I'm just so sick and tired of everybody blaming the Lions when it was him that asked to be traded. Do I blame him? Absolutely, I do not blame him. Do Would I want to live through, play through another 
rebuild for the what third time in his career? Probably not, but for all of the fans out there that are just all over the Detroit Lions for this and casting none of the blame on Matthew Stafford is absolutely asinine. So there you have it. I mean, if you want to debate me about it, feel free to to call me and leave a message or text at the Pod Michigan hotline. That number, of course, is 810-373-9732. And you know what? If you want to have a podcast discussion, maybe we can set something up to allow you to appear here on this podcast where we can have that debate about Matthew Stafford. Now, the game in and of itself, I I actually, when I was watching it Sunday, I wrote down three things. Two of them pertain to the game. One pertains to all of you on social media. And as we all know, they, they lost the game. And they're 0-7. Everybody is just all doom and gloom. Blow it up. Which is exactly what they've done. At the beginning of the season, all of you didn't expect anything from this team. Especially when we've seen the roster that we had to watch this entire season. People were calling up Sports Talk Radio and predicting... Two wins, three wins, no wins, nobody. And I mean nobody. Well, except for two or three trolls said they were going to be 500 or better. So why is everyone getting so worked up? You expected this at the beginning of the season and at the Almost the halfway point, you're getting exactly what you thought you were going to get this year with the Detroit Lions. Now, did we think they would have a win or two at this point? Probably thought so, but you know what? They don't. So it is what it is. Everybody gets on social media and calls in and texts in to Sports Talk Radio and just rips apart Dan Campbell and the organization for being inept and they don't stop and think about what they said about the roster at the beginning of the year. Worst roster we'd ever seen. This is a piece of trash. How do we expect them to win a game with these names? Which brings me to my next point that I wrote down and it pertains to you people out there on social media. Yes, I said you people. And it all circles around the phrase SOL. You know who's keeping SOL alive? It's not the Lions. It's not the Fords. It's not this imagined curse of Bobby Lane that people like to go on. It's not the the almost 70 years of, of ineptitude. It is... All of you, me included, all of us, the fans that are keeping the SOL going. Because you know what? We're the fans. Yeah, I mean, we're passionate. We're starved for a winner. 
it seems like 1991 was a lifetime ago. And to some of you out there, maybe it is a lifetime since the Lions have actually won a playoff game. But you know what? I, I don't think they haven't tried. I don't think they're just using the Lions as a cash cow, as a ways to make money. Is that a, a plus to them? Of course it is. Do I think they could do more? Probably. Have they made the wrong hires? Absolutely. Have they gotten rid of people that were steering the ship in the right direction when possibly they shouldn't have? Yeah, I'm going to say yes, but the only people keeping the SOL alive is us. And the same people that scream SOL are the same people that scream that the Lions don't get any national attention for their ineptitude. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that they do. You just don't want to hear it. You get pissed off whenever anybody in the national media speaks of the Detroit Lions. Case in point, just a couple weeks ago when Chris Carter made some comments, and they were about Dan Campbell, and everybody blew up about it and just jumped all over Chris Carter. Was he totally off base on it? Yes, he was. Was I annoyed? Yes, I was, but that proves my point that they do talk about the Detroit Lions. So you can't say we're just the forgotten stepchild of the NFL. Do we get the 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 talk of our sixty plus years of losing like the the Cubs got and the Braves got and the Red Sox got? No, I will give you that, that they don't seem to acknowledge the lack of winning by the Lions like those other franchises, but you know what? The Cubs, the Red Sox, they're national brands, brands that everybody knows. There might not be people that even know the Detroit Lions, if they're not a sports fan, they might not even know who the Detroit Lions are, but I will promise you that probably most of those people will know the names, the Chicago Cubs and the Boston Red Sox. Do they know what they are? Maybe, maybe not, but they know the name because of the brand, and that's it. Now, going back to the SOL, if you're that angry and that upset about the Lions, then you know what? Stop watching and don't call up Sports Talk and tell people, I quit watching in 2009, whatever, because you didn't. Anytime you say that, you know you're lying, because you still watch, you wouldn't be calling Sports Talk to say that you quit watching when you know you do. So if you're really serious and you're really sick of it, then quit watching. Quit going to the games. Quit talking about it. And speaking of the games, this past game, I thought, you know, they lost. 
they were, what, 16-point underdogs. Nobody expected them to win the game. Nobody expected them to even be close in the game. They thought Stafford and the crew was going to come in. Well, they were going to go to to L.A., and Stafford and the crew was going to shred them apart. And again, for the sixth time in seven games this year, they played tough and had a chance to win. Now, Cincinnati last week, they got their ass handed to them. So, you can't say anything for that game, but they played tough. They had a chance to win. Did they make mistakes? Yes, they did. But, as I've stated before, I'm seeing signs that this is on the right path. You get the players in. And you get some experience under the belts of some of the people that will still be here in a year or two. I think this ship might be turning around. So I am still positive about the outlook on the Detroit Lions. Did the coaching staff make some snafu errors in the first seven games? Of course they did. But no coaching staff is ever perfect. And the only downside that I will say to this and I'm not ready to run him out of town yet because frankly I don't think he is in the long term plans for this franchise but I don't think Jared Goff is going to be a winning quarterback for the Detroit Lions. I just don't think he has the makeup to be successful. He he needs to take the... And this, it's a lot about what I said in the past about Stafford. Is sometimes a quarterback needs to make a play. Needs to do something to, to, to prove that he should be getting the, the big contract. Should, should prove that he's the field general. And so far, Jared Goff has not done that. And every opportunity he's had, he has failed so far in Detroit. So that is something of a downer for this season. But for all those people asking for David Plow to be put in, that's Jared Goff is so much better than David Blau. It's Why even say that? And for as much as people rip on this defense, I actually think overall they've played fairly decent for what they have. I mean, their secondary is essentially a bunch of no-name people that wouldn't even be on rosters on any other team. And I don't remember what the 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 ranking is, but it's like middle to lower middle of the pack in the NFL, so they're not absolute garbage. At least they're not playing that way. Now, do I think I do I think they need to win a game and fairly soon before the sh- the wheels kind of fall off the the ship? Yes, I do. I think they really do need to have some sort of success to keep Dan Campbell's message on a positive note, to keep these guys out there giving it their all, because at some point, you know, they're just going to say, to hell with it, and just quit. 
So, and I don't think it's happened yet. I'm still positive on the outlook, but stop saying SOL because that's such old hat. But you know what? If you want to debate me about it, let me know. 810-373-9732. And we'll talk again about them after next week's game against the Eagles. Now, as you know, there's sort of a big football game here in the state of Michigan this Saturday, and it's between the Michigan Wolverines and the Michigan State Spartans. They are both 7-0. They are both ranked in the top 10, and this is sort of the, the first game in the gauntlet for both of them to see how real they actually are. And I did ask people on social media to give me their predictions, and we will share some of those coming up in a little while. And as always, you're free to give me your two cents about this game before or afterwards by text or by voicemail at 810-373-373. 9732, and then we'll sort of revisit it at the end after the game for next week. And here's my two cents. Both teams 7 0. I'm impressed with both teams, frankly, because I didn't think either team would even win seven games this year. So I'm very impressed at that so far. Now, I've said previously on this podcast that I think both teams should have lost to Nebraska and they did what they had to do to pull it out. Michigan State sort of had a snooze, a little snooze game, a, 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 a clunker against Indiana two weeks ago, but they did what they had to do in the end and came away with the victory. Michigan didn't look very good last week in the first half against Northwestern, but Pulled away in the second half, I think sort of got them worn out, got them tired, and just sort of ran away with it at the end. So here's the whole caveat. It's at East Lansing, so it's going to be a very pro-Spartan crowd. And the the old adage is defense travels. So Michigan and Michigan State both so far have pretty steady defenses, especially the front sevens for both teams are very stout. They don't give up a lot of ground yardage, even State. Michigan gave up one 75-yard run against Northwestern, but other than that one play, they they shut down Northwestern. Michigan State's front four is every bit as good as Michigan's, but Michigan's seems to get more of the the national hype, which really shouldn't surprise anybody. But I honestly do think they they're just as good as Michigan. So. I, Rushing, which seems to be both teams' staple, could be some tough sledding in this game. Now, the weather 
as of right now here on Tuesday, it's supposed to be chilly and the rain's supposed to be gone by then, so weather shouldn't be an issue. Michigan State has proven to have a much better passing attack than Michigan has. As a matter of fact, Michigan hasn't really done anything to show that they have any sort of passing attack, and I really think if it's going to hurt them, it's going to start hurting them from this point out because you got Michigan State, you have Penn State, you have Ohio State coming up. One of those three, if not all three of those teams, are going to force Michigan. They're going to stop the run and force them to pass the ball. So in that aspect, I think Michigan State has the gets the nod in that because they've proven that they have a very capable passing attack. Peyton Thorne's done a fine job. They have some receivers that seem to be able to to get open, get deep when necessary. And we really don't know since Ronnie Bell has got injured if Michigan has anybody capable of breaking the defense. Now, one thing you could say about State, if there's a weakness in their defense, is their secondary. But again, we haven't even seen that Michigan is capable of passing the ball yet. So, in rare occasions, hit and miss plays, but there's been no steady passing attack that I have seen in Ann Arbor yet this year. So, the the plus for that end goes to Michigan State. As far as coaching goes, well, I guess we'll see. But I will say this. This is year seven of Jim Harbaugh. He had better beat Michigan State. And because if he does, it'll mean he's four and three against State. If he loses, that means he's three and four against Michigan State. That is not acceptable. And I'll save the Harbaugh rant, rant for after the game because it may or may not change, probably won't change at this point for me. But you know what? I'll still save it for another podcast and piss all my fellow Michigan fans off when I make it. But he needs to beat Michigan State. Mel Tucker sort of on borrowed time. This is technically his first full, it's his first full season. I'll speak frank with that. Last year counts, but I mean, when did he get hired? February of last year. And yeah, and he's already beat Michigan as a huge underdog, I might add. So he's kind of got a little bit of a cushion that he's able to, to, to take this year if they happen to lose to Michigan, where I don't think Harbaugh has that cushion. He is 3-3 three and three against State going into this game. And one thing that if all the old-school Michigan slappies are always talked about Bo and, and Lloyd Carr, and you know what those two actually did? I mean, Bo didn't do a lot, but what he did do is he beat Michigan State. 
And that's something that Jim Harbaugh hasn't done. And quite frankly, that's what the previous two coaches got fired for because they couldn't beat Michigan State or Ohio State. Well, one win against Ohio State, but we'll talk about that in the end of November. So he's 3-3. Three and three. He needs to win this game. Do I think he will? Well, here you go, folks. Well, you know what? Let's, we'll wait for mine. We'll, we'll, we'll say mine last, and we'll go through the ones that people on social media shared with me. So let's go through here. Jay says Michigan State 35, U of M 24. Angela says Michigan State 27, Michigan 24. Mike says Michigan 31, Michigan State 20. Greg says Michigan State 27, Michigan 21. John says Michigan 24, State 21. Andy says Michigan 24, State 17. And I know all of those people, and you know what they all did? They all bet or predicted with their hearts. Which is fine if you're a fan. That's probably what you should do. But you need to have some sort of logic in your predictions. You have to be able to step away from being a fan. And that's kind of what I did for this game. And you know what? Taking, I've watched all 14 games. Seven for State, seven for Michigan. I've kind of played them all in my head how I thought this game was going to be. One thing I don't think it'll be, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think you're looking at a teens to low 20s final, and I think it's going to be a good game, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, very prideful game for both teams, could I be totally wrong? <laughs> I mean, that's part of being a prediction. But overall, I think Michigan State has a better all-around team than Michigan does. And it simply goes in the fact that I think their the run defenses are very similar. I think it's going to be hard-pressed to run the ball. And one thing State has proven over Michigan so far, is they can pass the ball. So I think that's where it's going to come down. I actually think Michigan State's going to win this game something along the lines of 20 to 16, 20 to 17. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. So if you want to call and leave a voicemail or text in congratulations on the great prediction after the game or to voicemail or text me how much of an idiot I am after the game, let me know, 810-373-9732. And next week we will discuss the backyard brawl and see how it turned out and how both teams' seasons advance 
from this point on. So that about wraps it up. If you have any thoughts or concerns or comments, text us, leave a voicemail, 810-373-9732. And until next time, it's fourth and inches. Are you going to go for it? Are you going to kick that field goal? Are you going to punt? <laughs>